Is this thing on? <clears throat> this is Artscape, an investigation into the artistic and cultural landscape of our region, with your hosts, Katie and Harold. For the next hour, we are going to take a journey through sound and storytelling. This podcast is brought to you by CFUV 101.9 FM, located on the unceded territories of the Lekwungen and Wasanic peoples, created with the generous support from the BC Arts Council. Join us as we uncover the people, happenings, and organizations that make up the artscape in which we live. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Good. Yeah. So before we get started, Katie, I have to make sure. Are you are you in a spiritual state right now? Yes. Are you feeling tapped into your art journey? Yeah. good idea so do you consider yourself a spiritual person yes but it took me a while to come to that all of a sudden waking up inside a dream and and realizing that I'm just dreaming and seeing that I'm just the witness of all the images and all the moods and all the emotions going by and I'm not really essentially those things that are going by. I'm the one stable, eternal place. Uh, like wood is a really powerful medium, and sometimes when I've been carving and I start like working and, and get so far into the wood, and I start seeing that, okay, I started out because I saw the seal or something. I start working on the seal's face, and then all of a sudden the eye appears all on its own, like a little branch that was going to come out or something like that, a little dot. Yeah, there's lots of origin stories. I mean, the, the first origin story that I that I heard about Raven, and I've known of Raven stories since I was a kid. That's a thing, like it's just all coming together now as an adult. We are conduits of some sort, and we're vessels, and we're chosen to do things and we really need to pay attention. beginning to realize that it's different for everyone. My name is Marcus Knox and um, my livelihood is I'm a craftsman or an artisan. I make beads from rose petals, an old craft and it's a matter of um, taking fragrant rose petals and cooking them in water for up to three days. That creates a dark paste. Paste is firm like a clay consistency. I can use that paste to roll beads. That's what I do. I roll each bead by hand and before they're completely dry, I pierce them. Then I make uh, the finished beads into jewelry and prayer beads. The term rosary comes from These beads originally, although hundreds of years before the Christians got a hold of these beads, they were being made into prayer beads. So that's my main sort of livelihood work. Um, I go to the Salt Spring Center of Yoga. We lead a chanting circle every Wednesday night. 
So if, in case you were wondering, Katie, the sounds in the background are recordings of Claire and Marcus's album called The Presence of One, which is a compilation of their chants. Yeah, presently I'm sitting at our kitchen table, and we have a nice open plan in our home, so while I'm sitting here, I look out our big picture windows onto um, our beautiful forest scenery here on Salt Spring, mostly fir forest with um, arbutus and some red cedar mixed in, and so I'm basically looking out from a a hill, the top of a hill, onto a beautiful forest. And since we're south-facing, excuse me, there is a lot of sun today. And this particular day, the temperatures are very warm for February 9th. And we've got the doors open, and um, I'm not even wearing a shirt, so there you go. (laughs) Very, very mild and warm today in our sunny living room. Beautiful. Well, I am Claire Ryder, and um, I live in Salt Spring Island, and um, and I have uh, quite a large background in art, where I, at 19 years old, started to woodworking and became a wood sculptor and a wood turner uh, for all of my 20s, 30s, and 40s, and really ever since I um, around 50. I started another business um, with kale and making kale chips and growing the kale well and making those recipes up as well. And so I've been doing artistic things most, most of my life and now that I'm not doing the woodworking, I'm finding myself weaving some of that artistic nature in anything that one's hands are doing, you know, <laughs> putting your heart into it and putting your heart into it and getting kind of more or less out of the way, in a way, with, your, with the mind. My understanding of spirituality is it's the deepest yearning of the human heart around connecting with something more universal than um, just a sense of individuality, what we might call ego, what we might call um, just one um, human body and one human mind, but reaching into something that we could call uh, is the source perhaps of our body and our mind that animates our body and our mind what we use the words awareness or being or presence and tuning into um, the feeling of existence the sense of just existing as the, the words could be I am I exist tuning into that sense in its very simple sense is there is a place there that connects us with all of life I myself follow the yoga path to a large degree and even the term yoga means to unite which basically means to discover that place within ourselves that unites us with everything else Um, a sense of complete wholeness Um, another term for this is God that energy or that being that unites all of us in place and my sense of spirituality is that um, any and all, all of us can discover this place of unity, this place of pure and simple awareness. We can also call it pure love. And we can discover this 
when we let go of completely identifying with the voice in our heads, our regular talkative mind, as well as um, not identifying too heavily with strong emotions necessarily, but actually witnessing the thoughts and the emotions go by. And that place of witness that has no judgment and no real comment on what it's seeing is a very pure place. It's another avenue to tune into spirit where we're just witnessing everything going by, just aware of it, but there is no, as I say, judgment or criticism or um, you know, that it's better or worse, but just to see all things in a relatively neutral space going by in each day and um, finding our place of let's say pure uh, unjudgmental awareness and all of that. Something that we talked about earlier today, Harold, and I think it's relevant in what Marcus was just saying. We need to remember the connection that exists between our own mind and thoughts and our bodies. And not just watch and feel our bodies but actually like listen to the messages and thoughts that we are having and telling ourselves and then kind of like growing that deeper connection with with our own bodies and how that affects us so mm -hmm. I think I think that's something that helped me find my own spirituality it was just that kind of exploration of my own thoughts and trying to be more present with that mm -hmm. I think coming from that place, we can find more empathy for ourselves and for other people. you know, that don't work out for our early childhood, we can, you know, shift it around later on and do what we always wanted, right? And one of the things was is that I didn't like growing up in, in a, you know, sort of um, a city kind of um, atmosphere. And so when I was able to um, make those choices myself and I got out into the countryside in Cape Breton, I found that spirituality was very much in all of the, the forest and nature and um, found myself very able to, to be, um, um, to be a, a student of Mother Nature as my spirituality I and mean, she just showed me just everything I needed to know until I did end up finding some really good tools and some in, in a bit of Buddhism and also the yoga path, um, the philosophy. Um, but yeah, nature was so much part of everything. Well, I mean, I was getting all my materials from nature, finding it in the forest floor or in that was the ocean seashore or up by the lake um, shores. And so um, my little girls and I would go out and find these 
bits of wood that had interesting um, shapes to them. And then um, I would make them into things. But the spirituality factor was really plus there because here nature was just giving all of these materials to me. Then I come home and I look at them for a long enough time and they start to show show some, um, some qualities to me that I can speak to. And so this is very much spiritual connection with wood material too. And then um, working with the wood and, and being able to take a material that a raw material and turn it around into a um, you know five or six hundred dollar sculpture that was also quite a transformation watching these things um, going from one, one form, form to another you listen to the materials that you work with, Katie? Yeah. The city streets, wherever I'm walking, I'm constantly looking around, observing. I think that's a form of listening. It's some magical thing about the wood seems like it has so much expression in it that when you start working into wood, it's the fifth element for the Chinese. So, I mean, it has a whole lot of power. Everything had to be made of wood first and so forth before steel and all these other things, materials. And so, uh, like, wood is a really powerful medium. And sometimes when I've been carving and I start, like, working in, so far into the woods and I start seeing that okay I started out because I saw the seal or something I start working on the seal's face and then all of a sudden the eye appears all on its own like a little branch that was going to come out or something like that a little dot of some kind will show up right there in the eye and that didn't happen only once that happened many times so I started to wonder hmm do we go through the woods to get out of here? Sometimes I see so many forms in wood, even all the time. Live trees as well. I just have creatures, many creatures in them, their shapes. how we can start making the connections as we get involved with a piece of art and we start delving deeper into it things just start showing themselves and falling into place your medium and then it through listening to it it speaks to you and you're able to find what you need to say through that but do you choose the medium or does the medium choose you
like I was talking to an artist about this and how you know it's like we're we're made to sign our name at the end of our work right and it's just that but sort of in the way that they don't understand you know that my name is related to where I'm from my name Lindsay Katisagatse Delarond is locates me to a specific time and place in this world you know and that place is my community of Kahnawake and so my name doesn't represent just an individual person you know that name represents my community I feel like the work will tell me what it needs rather than me defining what the work is so being the facilitator of something I'm less and this is all sort of like I'm seeing this in a like a in a spiritual realm or it's like it's not a physical sort of knowing it's not like okay you know it's sort of like this you're sort of listening to something that you can't see right and so that coming from that place is it just takes a different attunement and a different sort of listening yeah 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 and um and i feel like it's a lot slower it's a lot slower maybe like I really used to, I like gesture drawing, I like life drawing, I like the immediacy of some things, I like charcoal because you can get it on there fast and I like that sort of thing for expression and sort of more related into the fine arts realm but with like drawing technique and that sort of thing but uh, I really think that you know we are conduits of some sort and we're vessels and we're chosen to do things and we really need to pay attention and we can't have all this crazy shit going on in our lives because what it does is it removes us from that listening place where we're able to really hear what our purpose is and the more chaos more drama the more negative people the more negative thinking the more sort of we're being extracted from from this and the pull is about because there's always a natural pull to take you somewhere else that's I feel like is inevitable it's the sort of the light and the shadow and you have to really sort of be disciplined I think and become mindful in a way that um, you're clear the clarity the clarity is not always there right but I think eventually you you hone into something and then you give it space and then you kind of come back to it and then you talk about it like that's how I sort of figure out what's next for me is like okay it's like I don't know where it comes from I don't know if it comes from here or if it's coming from there but something comes right and it's not a way for me not to take responsibility of the work but it's a way for me to acknowledge that there's a creative force there's something greater than myself that's sort of calling this process and it wants to be cleansed or something there's a sort of like something wants to become more balanced and it's either with myself or the people that are in contact with me right that residential school piece right there um, but I didn't really know I didn't have depth back then I had like imagery and and topics that I knew was related to being a native person so a lot of sort of my artwork was figuring out what is the residential schools like what re really is it and I'm looking through like different sort of 
so it was all exploration and and it's and, and it's been like that for a long time what art has helped me to do. So art is directly related to my development as a human. You know, all of those things that the soul really needs to be able to fulfill itself and become whole in a lifetime, art has been able to provide me with that, right? And now it's connected me to, and sort of where that brought me, is like the very egocentric, the very like family, the very self-portrait, the self, who is self, and then sort of you know, I'm still learning, but it's, it has its own sort of rhythm now, right? It has its own process, it has a foundation, you know, that's established. Now from self, then that sort of extended to my daughter, right? So that took a while to, for me to be able to be like, what, it's not all about me, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then so, and then, that, then that sort of sort of extended to now others, like working in community and with community and providing space for people to, to have that experience of limitlessness and freedom, everything that was so crucial and important to my, to my well-being. And then you offer that to other people and you understand that it's such a fundamental um, way of life is to have freedom. Now I work more collaboratively, I would say. I'd say my artwork t for me means community. Yeah, because I don't make art by myself. I don't have a studio, well I have a studio, but I'm getting rid of it, but I don't have, I'm not like a solo, I'm not, you know, it's not me anymore. My art practice is not an individual sort of thing anymore. My artwork is about helping people to understand that they're artists too, you know. So I'm sort of more in a facilitator role, I'd say, in my art practice than anything. And that's just sort of like the, the natural evolution of how it sort of unfolded, of being very like, int very about self, very about like, who am I? What's my identity? What does it mean to be native? What does it mean to be a woman? Like just exploring all of the identity pieces, right? Um, and so that's really what art means to me. Like everything is sort of coming into in a way that I'm sort of developing a philosophy of life and living and art is sort of a part of that. Nothing is compartmentalized anymore as much as it used to be. You know, like this hat, this hat, this hat. It's like, I just have one hat on, you know. It's just one hat. It's just Lindsay now. And I could be myself anywhere that I go. If I'm the artist, if I'm a mom, I mean, different contexts taps into different strengths and insecurities simultaneously. You know, and so, but that's the balance of life, the light and the dark. You can't get one without the other. Is there like techniques or like things you can do to help yourself or help anyone else find like mindfulness or presence? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sort of just learning this and this is helping me because I'm working with trauma survivors and you know, the techniques of like breathing, deep breath and prayer and stuff like that have been really helpful for me. Um, but I think the first part of business was removing drama, like removing the chaos. I grew up in chaos, so it's, it's normalized, it's familiar. And so I had to really learn throughout the years to really sort of distance myself from, from, from anything that was... Uh, was just just not healthy I guess and so that's one way of becoming sort of mindful of and present is removing I mean and it's always gonna be in some form you know like chaos and problems and issues and concerns are always with us and that sort of thing but 
um, exercise, eating well, sleeping. I think if people can sort of do those three things, let alone like keep a nine to five and all that other stuff and raise five kids, like if you can put good food in your mouth and sleep and, you know, get your heart rate up four times a week, you're ahead of the game. If you can do that, you can you can do anything for a long time. You'll have a long life if you could do those three things. Yeah. So, and it's, in this society, it's like opposite. You know, it's like work 12-hour shifts and, you know, uh, do everything opposite to look after yourself because if you do those things then you're a successful person if you're busy all the time then you're successful you know and it's like it's not like that we're actually not made for that we were created to support colonialism in that we were taught how to be that way for a system that oppresses us and that's what we have to understand you know um, so it's challenging because we're programmed you know and and I mean we, we, were, we were just talking about student loans you know that pressure this is what you do in order to be successful if you're in debt $50,000 well that means that you're successful and it's like really right so I'm just recognizing that you know then what's the most natural way for us to be who, who am I naturally not in all this sort of roles like yeah and so that's sort of where I'm at now in my practice it's like I've done the 2D, the printmaking, you know, it's like it's starting from the, like a two-dimensional world and, that, and to, to, to sort of like real life, reality. It's like not even in, in, in an object anymore. I've become the object, you know, and so there's no separation. That's why you ca I can't compartmentalize in terms of what is it it means to be an artist because it means that I'm a live being, right? And so, like, the labels are just the way that we have to understand uh, our roles because we have to be responsible to the roles we play. And otherwise, we don't play them anymore, you know? Or we have a, an option to say, I'm not, I don't want to play this role anymore. I'm going to sort of define one or make up a new one or go back to an old one or whatever. But, um, so, yeah, becoming the artwork, I think, is, um, is where I'm at now. Yeah, body as being the vessel, right? And then I have another opportunity to, like, art therapy. Like, you know, I've talked a lot about my problems and my issues and stuff like that. And I think expressing them through the body, I think, is the next step for me to really sort of reconcile through through the body you know it's like we don't reconcile about the devastation to the land in politics you know it's like the like that's not where the amendment is the, the amendment is with it directly to the land you know and it's not even with people it's like all of that attention needs to go back to sort of Mother Earth, right? It's like we have our priorities all sort of jumbled up in a way that makes it really difficult to know what's, what, what is the truth, you know? And so, and art will always sort of tap on and touch what is, what is the truth. And I think it's a way for people to enter into another way of knowing and seeing things um, you know and without controversy or conflict it's like what's the point you know conflict doesn't have to be like mayhem and um, you know conflict is a very natural thing nature shows us it all of the time 
right? And so our teacher, our greatest teacher is nature and we keep destroying our teacher, right? And it's like sometimes we don't understand what we're going through and stuff and it's like just look around you like what's happening it's raining today you know it's like that affects all of us on a cellular level you know and and so we're so it's about really acknowledging that you're connected i think art is a way to really fully acknowledge that you are connected and you're never alone and if you ever feel like that then you can sort of just use art to help you feel connected again to yourself and then to the world because that's what we're missing or we're losing is that sense of belonging the sense of like community uh, the sense of self because we're told who we have to be all of the time I don't know I'm not super con I'm you know I'm not super conceptual around art making like I sort of thought I used to be you know like I had to have this sort of like had to relate to some sort of like philosophy or theory of like some western academic or whatever right like or it had to be like this in-depth thing and then I realized that I just want to make work that touches the heart you know that's all I want to do is just make work that's emotional you know and not intellectual I don't need to be intellectual anymore. I just need to be a feeling, sensitive, um, em empathetic, compassionate human being, artist, mother, all, 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 all everything. everything, all, all everything, all, all everything, all, all everything. All, My name is Margaret, and I come from Seashell Nation. So I'm going to say that, like, because my identity is really important to me as an artist, as an Indigenous artist, and how that mixes in with my spirituality as an artist, I think, really is vital to how I practice. Um, for me, I feel like it has a lot to do with my connection to the earth, like with the animals, um, a lot to do with my spirit connections to Raven primarily, but uh, predominantly with all of the bird animals, I get lots of messages. It's actually pretty surreal at times. And the more aware I become, um, the more messages I get. And these messages are so strong and so powerful, it's what influences my art uh, right now, actually. And as well as my dreams. Um, my dreams over time have the more again like like my awareness with animal messages my awareness with my dream messages are the same so the more the stronger they get the more profound they get the more it influences my art as an indigenous artist So like this piece that I'm working on, the, one of the big panel pieces um, that I'm working on is actually from a dream. Okay. Yeah, and the dream um, was a symbol of Raven, my primary totem, um, came flying in through a window in a dream. And then as soon as it came into the window, it transformed into a woman, a middle-aged woman. A woman I'd never seen before, and she shook off the raven transformation. She immediately turned into a, a woman, and she had very distinctive features. Um, long, stringy brown hair with bangs. Um, she had beige skin, uh, and she was a bit rounder, like an older woman from like the late 80s, early 90s even. Like She had like a white shirt with yellow flowers on it, and like... 80s jeans on <laughs> which I haven't finished painting yet but um she shook off Raven it was really amazing how she just shook off Raven when she 
ship uh, shaped or whatever you call it shift shaped there we go shape shifted <laughs> and um then we were talking and i don't remember at all the conversation we were having but I, we were really like we were just conversing in a really good way with one another and that was the last thing i remembered before waking up um and it was nighttime this dream was nighttime and the windows were wide open and it felt like a castle and it was dark but not like evil dark but it was dark out and darken the space until she came in and it just kind of sort of illuminated when she came in um and then I later learned because I don't know when the messages right away when I get these messages and I later learned that it was a part of myself um the mother in me learning to nurture myself and so I feel like these messages are just really profound enough to share with the world and they're so profound that I have to like practice it in my art to get it, you know, processed through me. Therefore, others will be able to, you know, um, be affected by these messages. appreciate how Margaret's evoking again with this idea of listening as a way to connect with something bigger than herself, themselves, ourselves. Yeah, and it just keeps growing. The teachings, the, the understandings that I have through my, my singing, cultural singing, through the teachings that come with singing, it just all combines into when I'm practicing art, if that makes sense. Um, and I just keep, I keep getting inspired to want to do more things with my art, to show my art, to have confidence. And I feel like I feel like as an indigenous female artist, two-spirited artist, I feel like it's kind of it's kind of like a like a an important role to have. Because and then I'm sharing with others that it's that it's also okay to let yourself build the confidence if you didn't have confidence before, and um, yeah, yeah. That's really inspiring. Yeah, and it just keeps growing. So primarily right now, for the last six, seven months, I've been painting a lot. And I feel like painting has been really great in ways that I wasn't expecting. Painting, the paints were all I had to use. Um, I haven't been able to uh, afford printmaking like I would wanted to make prints um, because I sell prints. But in the meantime, I've just been using what I got and painting has been really taking off. Um, like I said, it just keeps growing. My inspiration keeps growing and in abundance. Like I used to, like a few years ago, not even know, have a clue what to paint. Now I just always have images in my mind to paint. Always have little projects in my mind that I want to paint. Raven has been with my family of origin, my ancestry for all my life. I just didn't become truly aware or truly awake to it till just a few years ago. And 
since then, it's been the knowledge and understanding about Raven has increased with my curiosity because you know Raven is very curious and it's in my my ancestry. So these characteristics of Raven are in me. They've been all my family members who have passed. Um, it's really cool to see in hindsight, like just seeing these characteristics of Raven. So Raven's a trickster, as everyone knows, Raven's trickster. But not trickster in the way that everyone just kind of stereotypes Raven for. Raven is a trickster for the good, you know. And um, Raven is known to be the light bringer in darkness. It's a it can be a heavy burden to carry as a as a as a medicine that I carry in my family and my ancestry. But it's also there's with every with everything with every obstacle that ha- that Raven has to bring has to face is always blessings afterwards. So I choose that path because of facing everything that I have to face in the darkness because there's always blessings that follow as opposed to following a dark, completely dark road. So we, I have a choice and I choose to keep going and facing my, my struggles and overcoming them. Um, what else? Raven is also like imminent change. So every time a raven flies over me, which is often, uh, there's an instant change that happens with Raven. Mm. And as you know, they, sh- they shapeshift. <laughs> they shapeshift. So um, they can do that at any time. And even as, raven, as a Raven person, I can do that at any time. I can decide when I want to make myself happy, you know, instead of being going down the dark, sad road in my thoughts. I can instantly go, no, I'm going to be really happy right now. And I'm going to continue to, to strive for that. And then it just changes my whole body feelings and everything change. And it's really wonderful. It's a wonderful thing that I've taken on since becoming more aware. I think awareness is key. Awareness is key. I think 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 awareness is key. Yeah, there's lots of origin stories. I mean, the, the first origin story that I that I heard about Raven, and I've known of Raven stories since I was a kid. That's a thing. Like it's just all coming together now as an adult. Is that Raven uh, stole the light from a monster who wanted to keep the world in darkness? Was how the world began. So Raven was there at the beginning of time, and feels a responsibility to human beings, which is why Raven is always there helping human beings today. I mean, just kind of on my experiences with ravens, just they make the most interesting sounds. Mm, mm-hmm. So this is what I'm learning new. This is the new thing I'm learning next is their sounds. Um, so sometimes they just fly over and don't say anything. And I just learned from someone in my community recently that when they don't say anything and they fly over, it's a warning. And it can be, again, a heavy burden. But when they fly over and squawk, the regular squawks, um, that is a sign of good news or someone is coming to visit, I was told. And because, oh, and another thing about ravens is that they're fond of crossroads. So even raven people happen, it's when their, their intuitive energy is utilized the most is, you know, in crossroads. So you'll notice like if you know a raven person and they come into people's lives in their crossroads of, of change because they embrace change and ravens are, you know, they're not, fl- they're fluid. And so, uh, they just, yeah, there's no form where they come from in spirit is there's no form or structure, which hence, is, hence why they're imminent change. Um, and so I just learned the other day, actually, in, in the course of a week, their mating call. <laughs> wow. So they, they, like I said, they've been giving like lots of messages. I, um, was in the forest at Mount Work, and I hear them every time I have hiked that mountain. And uh, my friend's daughter and I were walking ahead of everybody, and we were coming down the mountain, and Raven was 
doing this funny call and I kept laughing at her being like, I bet you anything it's a mating call. I've never heard a mating call from a raven before, so I had no idea. So the next day I remembered to look it up. So I Googled raven mating call and it was the same sound <laughs> that I heard in the forest. And just Sunday, I was reading a story that was a love story. And just outside my window in the urban setting, this is where most of my, my raven sightings come from, most of them. Um, I heard the same sound, the mating call sound in the tree outside, like further, for far away, but I could hear because my window was open. And I looked, I had to look a couple of windows because the one I first looked at couldn't, I couldn't get the sight of it, but I had to move to a different window and I got the sight of it. And there it is. It was so majestic and so poetic looking as it was doing its call, mating call. So it was another message for me. And it always has something to do around facing my fears. That is their symbol amongst many things. Huh. Yeah. That's, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. It was a new one for me. So I am learning all the time with uh, their messages and their meanings. Yeah, you can't really know <laughs> for, for sure. That's the thing. I know it was a mating call, but there's still like things I just don't know. And that's just the way it is. You don't have to figure it out. Um, and the more you do, the more you don't. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, something for me is uh, kind of that idea of like embracing the unknown. Gotta be okay with that. Mm -hmm. a message into an artwork yeah uh, well when it comes to my dreams I feel like when I want to give messages it's it's through my dreams and I have very very vivid dreams and so those are the kind of the I kind of want to key in on the symbols primary symbols of that dream for instance, the, the mother raven symbol that I described, I'm going to just paint the raven in kind of like a formation of in the middle of transforming into the woman. So at the end, at the legs, it's going to not be the legs. It's going to like kind of be a symbol underneath the raven's, where the raven's legs should be all kind of scattery into the part where it was in transition to turning into the woman. And I feel like the image itself will speak for itself, and I will speak on it if people want me to speak on it. images in mind in the dream time can also be something really big um, I've learned that and actually writing them down is what gets I think gets them more vivid over time because I write them down a lot I have quite a few journals filled with dream dream <clears throat> just all my dreams that I've had I've actually looked on them one ones that I had in 2011 this morning and it's like amazing because I was writing them down not knowing the symbols now, but I, now I know the symbols, certain symbols mean things, and I just didn't realize those things at the time, and I was reading back on certain aspects of my growth at the time, and I was astounded with, like, the fact that I was even writing them down then, not knowing. And I was like, I think, I even wrote down, I think this might mean something. <laughs> so I was in the beginnings of understanding that this might mean something. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and then I've had psychic readings that told me that I needed to do it more. 
weren't writing down and I was already doing it but the fact that she told me that was affirming and that I get lots of yeah she told me that I got messages through dreams and I needed to listen to them and I was already starting to feel that anyway so yeah the fact that she said that And I feel like that all this just like keeps growing, you know, like now I'm expanding. So the more I practice art and the more I listen to myself and my in my spiritual guidance and messages and give the messages, I feel like even my practice is growing. So now music is becoming um, coming to surface and I've wanted to play music my whole life. But, you know, I didn't let those parts of my gifts come out when I was younger and, you know, been kind of bogged down by poverty and my own struggle in my own urban ways indigenous person um I didn't have that ability or confidence to practice these things so now I'm practicing them now and they're all coming up and they're still in my soul to do and it's wonderful so I feel like yeah it'll just keep it'll growing just keep growing just keep growing Let the process of art making become Listen. a path of discovery. Listen. Are you listening? Are you listening? Listen up. Look. Are you looking? What do you see? What do you see in between? So Harold, our first episode of Artscape on spirituality. We've heard all of our guests. I'm wondering, what did you take away from what they said? Well, to me, it seems like there's always a connection, you know, whether it's the messages and sounds of the raven, like for Margaret, or the grain in the wood, like what Claire was talking about. One thing that unites all the speakers was how they felt a certain connection through their art. Whether it's a connection to the source of our inner self through chanting and meditation, like what Marcus was talking about, or letting any medium you work with speak to you, you know? Mm. Or what about when Margaret talks about listening to her dreams and connecting the meaning to the events in her life? Yeah, exactly. Or the histories and stories of our ancestors and making sense of it today and honoring it through art. Making work from the heart that makes you feel connected. Yeah, exactly. That's that's like what Lindsay was saying. Yeah. Art bridges the gap and contextualizes everything. The German artist Anselm Kiefer said, Art is spiritual because it makes a connection between things that are separated. So what did you take away from this episode, Katie? Well, I mean, I don't want to simplify all of this too much, but... I mean, at its essence, it's this sense of spirituality is all about really just being present, being aware, and really being open, open to possibilities of a medium, open to community, open to the messages around us. Yeah. Yeah, like rather than feeling like you have things that you should do, letting the medium decide, and not putting all this pressure on yourself and letting your inner voice get too loud. Just letting the messages come through and acting on them when it feels right. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, I grab my camera and I'm walking around and I really feel like I can go out there and have a different approach. Or after listening to this episode, you feel that? Yeah. So what's the new approach? Just really embracing, embracing the unknown. unknown. Embracing the unknown. Embracing the unknown. Embracing the unknown. Embracing the unknown.